0: Welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps and I'm here with... Elizabeth Halley. And... Tyler
1: Ramboy hymanson
0: Ramboy, Oh my God, you guys. You're probably, you know, you you wake up Wednesday morning, you go to download our episode, you're probably looking at the title like, wait a minute, I thought they were doing uh, Phantasm Ravager. I thought there was another Phantasm movie still to talk about. But hey, we got an amazing opportunity to bring you guys a special episode about the brand new Tremors movie, Tremors Streaker Island. And we have a guest that I... It cannot even believe happened Elis, who's with us this week
2: i mean we got an interview with Bert gummer himself a what? living legend gross
3: <laughs> oh
2: my Michael God. gross <laughs>
0: ah, so excited i can't wait for you guys to hear this interview it's so great Uh, in fact, we're going to put it at the start of the episode, just so you guys can get a little bit of layout of this week's episode. We're going to have Michael Gross's interview, and then we're going to go into our spoiler free thoughts of the movie and then move into a spoiler section, uh, where we have a little bit more, uh, to hear from Michael about the film, uh, and then we'll send you all home.
2: Yeah, yeah. so if this, you
0: Oh, go ahead. Uh,
2: I was going to say this movie literally came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason we're doing this. I know we normally just spoil everything because who cares about. You know? Well, because we're
1: usually doing <laughs> movies that are 20 years old. So if yeah. you want to come listen to Michael Gross's interview, you can do that. No worries. You can still listen to him and then go watch the movie. But when we get to that spoiler wall. Stay away because you're definitely going to want to enjoy this movie. Spoiler free.
0: That's right. Yeah. We, we respect the Tremors fans. And uh, yeah, just also a thank you to, to our favorites at Universal 1440 for for uh, helping us uh, see the movie early for this. Uh, really exciting. Really exciting. Yes,
1: absolutely. The 1440
0: Legion. Um, but uh, before we get into the interview, as we always do, Eliz, where can people reach out to us uh, and, you know, give us their thoughts on Tremors?
2: Yeah. Uh, email us to sequel rights at gmail.com or you can talk to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and YouTube at sequel rights. And, and
1: please rate and review us uh, on Apple podcasts. Uh, five stars goes a long way. We'll get more people. If you're hearing us for the first time because you're coming from Michael Gross and you like what you hear. Uh, the best way to, to have more people and, and share the love and uh, uh, help us out is to rate and review us. We'd really appreciate it. All right.
0: Well, enough about us. We know why you guys are here. You want to hear Michael Gross talk about the latest Tremors film. And here he is.
3: Well,
2: we are so excited for our guest today Uh, from Tremors. It is the man, the myth, the legendary Bert Gummer himself, Michael Gross. Thank you so much for coming on.
3: It's an absolute pleasure, Elizabeth. Good to be with you. All of you,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so Absolutely. great. To, so great to have you here, and uh, we just want to start out like, wow, it's been 30 years since the original Tremors film was released, and I'm just curious, like, what is it like to uh, step into the same shoes of this character over over these decades?
3: Uh, he is just always fun. Whenever the opportunity is presented to me, I raise my hand and say yes. Uh, Bert was a great bit of comic overkill. 30 years ago, and he still is. They created a wonderful character. And when a writer does that for an actor, that's like mining comic gold. Uh, You know, uh, um, comedy is about exaggeration, overkill, uh, stepping, stepping, you know, taking something normal like a little paranoia, a little obsessive compulsive disorder and running with it. And which is exactly what they did. And of course the great irony was like, my God, that guy was right. He, you know, he, and, but there was, uh, having said that, that he's right. Let's also remember that every time he, sh- he shows up, it's a different monster. So he, he's like, Oh no, I brought the wrong stuff. That's right. <laughs> so, um, you know, so he always thinks he's right. And he's overprepared. And then it turns out to be something else. And it's always fun to see him tripped up like that too. But, um, I am still here, not because I think I wanted to be the the, the lead in the series or the, the head man. Frankly, everybody else dropped out after after Tremors. One uh, Kevin Bacon, who was extraordinary in that, said, "No thanks, I don't know, I don't want to do a second. Uh Fred Ward after joining us for the second said, no, I don't, I don't want to do a third. We had some other people uh, come in and, uh, uh, for the third one, uh, Tony Gennaro, who was in the original one, mm-hmm. uh, 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 well, we, all, I, uh, Charlotte Stewart, Nancy, Mindy, we had them back. Uh, um, uh, and, uh, the, th- thank God for that. That was fun. as always, and you know, back to perfection. Yeah. <laughs> <It was> wonderful. <laughs> And uh, in, the, in the fourth one, of course, an entirely new cast because it was a, a prequel. And um, I have basically been here because everybody else has dropped off, dropped away. So I'm the last man standing. So I guess you could call Michael Gross a survivalist as well as Bert. <laughs> uh, I, I always intended for Bert to be on the fringes, much like um, I always compare him to Fonzie in Happy Days. And he works best because... Happy days worked so well or the Fonz worked well because he was surrounded by normal people like the Cunningham family. So there was, you know, Richie Cunningham and his sister and a nice mom and dad in walks this, Hey, Hey, you know, (laughs) and I think Bert works the same way. He has to be surrounded by normal human beings for him to be effective because he is so quirky and eccentric. So uh, I, I never saw myself as the lead. It just kind of turned out that way.
1: Nice. It's it's kind of incredible to see this character evolve, you know, over all these years. And so after all these years, what do you find best gets you in the mindset of Burt Gummer for, you know, before each film?
3: Well, um, it starts with the writing. Uh, you know, it's usually about a year before these things actually start filming. Universal will come to me and say, well, I think we're going to make another one. You know, get get your put your boots on. This is going to happen. And then we start talking ideas. Uh, for example, with with seven, I was I was from the very beginning. I said, "Let's take him somewhere we've never been before. Uh, we've been to Africa, we've been to Mexico, we've been to the Western United States, we've been to the Arctic. Let's go somewhere we've never been before." Um, and so we decided on the tropics, and that made me think of Robinson Crusoe. And I said, "How about Bert has completely left civilization, completely, even perfection, Nevada." population 14 is too, too big for him. And I said, and then we have to find a reason why he left. And we decided because the government was going to put in sewers and that was it. He was not going to have, he was not going to have that kind of government intervention in his house and uh, in his home, you know, snooping around his, uh, his sanitation. So, uh, so, um, so that was the beginning premise. And the thing we also decided on very early was I said, I want a woman in this. For for thirty years, people have been crying. When's when's Reba coming back? When's Heather coming back? And the answer is never. Uh, Reba, for for whatever reasons, this is not her. This is not what, you know. She's a singer. She's a, this is not the prime thing she does. And she was she was not interested in, in coming back. I would have had anyone from the original cast come back in a in a heartbeat because it was so they were so incredible. That being said, what energizes me is. Story like this, we said, okay, let's. We've got to bring back a woman, and we want a woman who challenges Bert. Uh, everybody else, no one challenges him. Particularly a lot of guys. Well, a few. You maybe a few bad guys. Uh, Richard Brake in this instance mm-hmm, yeah. is the actor. But I said people are generally like a little squeamish around him. You know, that's Bert Gummer. Don't mess with him. And I said we all all guys know, particularly guys that have been married for any length of time, that women women's job is to challenge us to, to say to men why the hell are you doing that or why are you doing it that way or why you know and so we wanted a female i i specifically wanted a female who was not afraid of him just to say mister you're doing things all wrong you got to rethink your life and he's like i thought i had it rethunk. i was sitting on a desert island i was plenty i was plenty all right and now you're 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 So we wanted Bert to be challenged in a way uh, for, you know, just somebody to say, man, you are doing it all wrong. So, you know, so that was part of it. And then we got into monsters and main plot and the bad guys and all that other stuff. But we, so that energizes me. And the other thing that energizes me every time I do this are the other cast members. The secret to staying alive on stage or uh, on screen is to look in the other character's eyes while they're talking. Uh, you know, I get my energy from the others, uh, from uh, the wonderful cast members with whom they surround me. Whether it's Jamie Kennedy on 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 Five Six, uh, John Hater on on Seven, uh, people like Richard Brake, Carolyn Carolyn Langrish, who who played the female in this, Jackie Cruz in this, and uh, uh, you know. Cassie Clare, who is the uh, uh, the black woman that Amazon woman bow <laughs> and arrow. You know, uh, I'm I am energized by the people with whom I am surrounded. You know, you 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 want to play a good game of tennis? Find somebody who's as good or better th- than you are to challenge <laughs> you. So uh, so I'm always so I'm always happy, and that's the that's how I find my new energy, uh, the script, the story, and the the people with whom they surround me.
0: Yeah. Speaking about the, the cast in the new film, I feel like everyone has a really great chemistry in this new movie. And I'm wondering if there's anything special, like you being the, uh, the, the one who's been there all along, if there's anything that you do to welcome franchise newcomers, uh, to the world of tremors every time.
3: Well, I, I, I do, I guess, because I'm literally and figuratively the old man on the set. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I try to make them feel welcome, you know? Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, also i'm not the, I, i'm not the only one there's uh Don Michael Paul, the director who did five, six, and seven, who helped uh, regenerate the franchise after thirteen years of being down uh who who's come to know this and love this, and between the two of us, I think we're very welcoming and saying, "Look, just ask questions and you know this is quirky this is weird. people look at Uh, the script and they usually get it. If the script is right, they look at it and go, Oh yeah, this is offbeat (laughs) as well as being scarier than hell. So um, all we, you know, they need very little help from me. They're usually extremely capable. And uh, uh, but I always, um, I always try and set the tone if you will, because um, I, I have to be prepared at my age just mentally and physically to show up so i don't um, so i'm very i'm i'm very disciplined i just have to be at my age to uh to get through six day weeks um i should mention also uh, i may or may not be interested in this there's a i actually i i i keep thinking of new and interesting ways to hurt myself oh, no. in these films in, in tremors five i broke a couple ribs uh in in uh and uh in tremor's uh uh, six, I, uh, I I broke a tooth, chipped a tooth. It was very early on, in the first day or two, and I was quickly uh, raising a rifle, and the scope just oh, knocked, yeah. oh. <laughs> oh, took out half my tooth. So I, that I spent the rest of that shooting day in a dentist chair in, in Johannesburg, uh, Africa, South Africa, and uh, and uh, on this one I tore a rotator cuff. And uh, two weeks into a four or five week fi- uh, shoot, and then I had to uh, do the rest, including all that machete stuff with a, a torn rotator cuff. Oh and so I existed on on pain pills and exercise and just getting as much sleep as I could and have the surgery after. Um, I'm, I'm now still in, in, in PT, physical therapy for this wow. rotator cuff chair. So by by and large, I'm getting my range of motion back, but oh my Lord, that was not fun. So, you know, I, I have to be careful and I have to be warmed up because at my age, you can easily pull a muscle and stuff like this. So I just have to be very disciplined. I'll think of new ways to injure myself. (laughs) They've got you running run yet. They've got you running away from so many explosions in this movie. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I and I had also pulled a muscle in my—I don't know whether it was my hamstring or something like that. So I was like, "Oh, guys, don't make me run again." <laughs> uh,
1: well, I am a born and raised Nevadan, so like Burt Gummer is near and dear to my heart. Right. Uh, but uh, there's a danger of for that character of the audience reading him as this kind of negative negative prepper stereotype. But despite all his bluster, at the end of the day, he just always helps his neighbors. Can you just talk about the balancing act of playing a character like Bert?
3: That's interesting. I've always felt with, I mean, Bert is rough and tough and gruff and, and off putting in a lot of ways, but I've always, I've always thought of people like that as people who are, people are hard on the outside because they're soft on the inside. They're protecting something. Mm -hmm. And so I always see the humanity and, for lack of a better word, the fear in Burt. the fear uh, is what propels his, his preparedness. He's, 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 he's a desperately afraid man. Now we don't, we don't play fear. We play preppy, you know, (laughs) Uh, we play over-prepared, but at the heart of it, I think is, is fear, which is a very human trait and something we've all shared from time to time. And so, um, and, and yes, he's, he is um, he's he's about he's about precision and care and facts, not alternate facts, but facts and and and, and 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 science and 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 he's very upset with people who will who will not listen and will not learn from those things. You know, but he um, at heart, he's always there to help because. Partly because I think he looks at everybody and says, they're all too stupid to get it right. You know, somebody here with the expertise has got to be here sometimes because they don't get it. They don't get it. And uh, I think out of the goodness of his heart, because when push comes to shove, he's brought out of retirement time and again when he says, look, there are women, there are children, there are threats. And he goes, I got to help. I got to do something. I got to do something. I tell you, one of the great things about this piece, too, is you see in every ensemble, these people are all so different. We have this disparate group of people who, in other cases, might not even be friends, let alone talk to each other, you know. <laughs> so, you know, and yet they bond together against this common enemy. And I think there's, there's, something, there's something really fine about that in terms of the way it preaches to the human race. Uh, nobody, no human being is ever killed by another human being in these pieces. The body counts are all as a result of the monsters. Bert never turns his gun intentionally on another human being. In one of the early drafts of this, a, a writer who was new to us had Bert gets the drop on somebody and so forth and so on. It's like, all right, hold it right there. That's it. And I said, no, no, Bert does not point his gun at other human beings. In our own crazy way, even in... 2020, we're trying to keep this very family-friendly and uh, very old-fashioned. People don't kill people. Monsters kill people. Mm -hmm. People are allies against outside forces. Very illustrative in these days of COVID, you know? Absolutely. Folks, stop fighting and pull together. Mm-hmm. You know, let's not divide ourselves into enemy camps. We have something bigger out there. And that's what constantly happens in the Tremors genre. And I think that's one of the, one of the reasons people still love it. It's old-fashioned and they're kind of family-friendly values outside of a little maybe language that people don't, don't like. You know, the language get a little rough. But I think the heart is all there at the very at the very end even people who are who are against bert richard brake bert wants to save him mm-hmm. yeah. Burt doesn't want bert doesn't want anybody to die at the hands of these things he's yeah. always said, look you've been a you've been a shitload of trouble but i don't want you to die <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you know so in that respect he's a he's a he's a good guy i like his i like his heart yeah absolutely um i think it's paved, I think it's paved over with there's a great uh uh i think Hearts are sometimes very stony because they're protected. Uh, and uh, there's a great quote from uh, Great Expectations. Uh, when people, there's sometimes when people, uh, people in mourning or people who are crying, you say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm crying. And I, there's a great quote from Dickens that says, uh, in Great Expectations, where he says, heaven knows we need never be ashamed of our tears, for they are rain upon the blinding dust of earth overlying our heart. Hearts, Uh, tears are the rain that helps soften our hard hearts, and uh, so I, in some ways, I feel uh, Bert is Bert is protecting a very, very soft place, and uh, and in in seven, there's a woman there who's trying to get to it, and Bert is saying, no, thank you very much, no, thank you very much, you know, every every little bit has to be fought for because the hardest thing in the world is to give away your uh, your place of safety. You know, your your, uh, your your what you think is your sweet spot, even if it's not good for you. You say, mm-hmm. "No, this is the bed I've made. I'm staying in it. It's un unco- it's a bed of nails, but it's familiar to me. It's
1: my bed of nails. It's my <laughs> bed of
3: nails. Thank you very much, and you're not coaxing me away from it. So that's that's how I. That's what we wanted to happen in this in this particular in this in this piece." Um, You
0: talked earlier about uh, how Shrieker Island brings a brand new locale to the Tremor series for the first time. Uh, And it's really a beautiful location. And I feel like it adds so much to the to this movie. What was it like being on set there uh, in Thailand?
3: Well, it was it was it was beautiful. I mean, it's it's gorgeous country, uh, a little warm, a little humid, but not impossible. Uh, Let me just say I brought a lot. The sun was very hot. I brought a lot of sunblock, it just you know that sort of equatorial sort of heat, mm-hmm. and um, and a lot of insect repellent, because uh, there are certain uh, uh, oh I don't know I got I got shots for Japanese encephalitis and this and that and all these other queer little uh, diseases that it, that you can get because we were oftentimes in in jungle places at humid places where um, you know it's like a big petri dish if you will so um so lots of uh, bl- insect repellent and block uh, sunblock and, and shots uh one of the reasons uh, i actually grew my own beard for this thing i was gonna ask I it's glorious I- <laughs> you know it was like four or five months of okay let it go my dear awesome. dear sweet patient wife was so good about that but you know it wasn't just four weeks if you for months she had to wake up and look at this man across the breakfast table and go what the hell have I got here this is I'm married to Sasquatch (laughs) so uh um the 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 people at the local stores at, at back at home we have we live in Southern California but a relatively small town and the people just were like w- watching it grow over the buns and go. What the hell are you doing, man? Uh, so uh, I tried to explain. No, it's it's not my choice. But I decided with the heat and the humidity, I didn't want to deal with fake hair and glue. Mm,
0: yeah, yeah, that yeah.
3: We, that we'd be, you know, that we were in a humid place. That I'd be in and out, jumping in and out of water in those uh, long tail boats and things like that. And I said, we're just going to be, it's going to be peeling away and that's not going to be fun. So I said, I want something that's part of my face. And so uh, I simply started growing it because I felt comfortable in what they did because my hair didn't grow as fast. uh, They added extensions to the hair, Mm -hmm. which was great. Look, I think it'll look wonderful. And uh, I just love, I just love the totally different uh, look for Bert uh, early on. And, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I well, I won't tell you, I won't tell you about the arguments I lost in this. <laughs> you know, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted him to, well, I will tell you, I just, I, if you, if you have the time, Yeah. Uh, I wanted, yeah, absolutely. Him, I always want, I, I want Bert to fight every inch to stay Bert, to stay Bert and, um, and he always thinks he's found the perfect sweet spot for himself even if it's living out in the middle of nowhere and 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 so, so he has to be dragged kicking and screaming out of that when again when people when uh, when jimmy says uh, look there you know you got to help him. there are people there are people here he says god destiny is, this is your destiny destiny's a bitch you know but i'll do it i'll do it but i didn't want i wanted him to think he was going to change every, everything that uh the, he he was going to keep the hair and the beard and all that sort of stuff and they said no we got we want to get him back to the regular bert and I said but I want I want somebody to force him back into the regular bert and I want something practical not just I forget what they finally did it's like come on go clean yourself up See, I want bert to fight for every inch of ground and so my idea was he's not going to take off first of all I this my joke was every time we walked into a scene people would go Oh, that's, that you know, he's been, you know, what, you know, because everybody's like, Oh man, you know, cause he's been alone for months. He hasn't bathed. They didn't go for that. I wanted, every time he walked into a scene like that, I want him to go, Oh geez, uh, keep your distance, you know, and that he was forced to take off the hair and the beard and clean up and, and shower for a very practical reason, because that's Bert saying, look, if we're fighting monsters, you can't go anywhere upwind of these monsters smelling the way you smell. Mm-hmm. So the reason you have to take off the beard is, is you're going to, you're going to spook the monsters because you stink, man, you stink. <laughs> and so I don't know. I lost that battle. I, but I always want Bert to, to give in for very practical reasons, it's not emotional. It's not just, Oh, clean yourself up. No, I'm fine. The way I am. Thank you very much. Give Bert a practical reason to do something. And he'll do it, you know? All right. You can't monster hunt like this because you you'll scare them away. They'll go running when they smell you like a skunk.
1: That just gave me such a, like a clear insight to the character of like almost to a Monty Python level where it's like, it's like, Oh, I'm in my place. I'm not going to give anything up. Uh, and like, no matter where you put him, he thinks he's found it. Like that's
0: so <laughs> yeah, that's funny exactly. to me.
3: <laughs> and that's, that's the way I felt with uh, with uh, Carolyn Langrish, uh, mm-hmm the female in this, you know, that I, uh, they had me in early, uh, in early, um, uh, early drafts of this thing, uh, sort of agreeing with her. And I said, I said, he's fighting for every inch of his autonomy. I said, you, the story's over. If Bert gives in, she has got to take every new hill in this battle and fight her way up that hill And Bert's not giving her shit. He's not, you know, she's, if it comes easily, my definition, I heard this long ago. Remember this. I think it's interesting when you look at film, I think of sentimentality. Sentimentality is unearned emotion, okay? When somebody just cries or gives in uh, without a fight, you know, people find their places of safety and you got to fight to break through that. And I think conflict is the heart of all these, uh, every good drama, first of all. So I said, you know, even if, even if this thing ends well, if, if, if this woman convinces Bert maybe he should try again or change something, his answer is maybe, you know? That's as far as he can go. That's as far as he can go. Otherwise, it's sentimental. We know who this guy is. And you don't change people's lives in an instant, in a couple of weeks, I had a yoga teacher once who said I was working very hard at my yoga and my yoga teacher said, Michael, you're not going to do in one yoga section, session what your body has screwed up for, for decades. You're not going to be able to bend all the way. You're going and, and I went, she's absolutely right. It was a long process that got me, got my body to where it is. Don't try and undo it in a weekend. And, it's, and particularly psychologically, psychologically, it's not going to happen that way. People are going to fight to the death to stay the way they are unless they're really challenged. Wow, that was so amazing. I,
0: I honestly can't. I'm still like, you know, we did that earlier uh, today and I'm just still riding the high of talking to Michael. He was so great and gracious with his time with us. That was amazing.
1: Truly a wonderful human being. That was such a, a, a joy to listen to him tell those stories and and talk about this franchise and just talk about the craft of acting. It was uh, a a real
3: treat.
0: All right, well, why don't we hop on a rickety boat to Treaker Island?
3: You don't know what you're up against. I got this handled. You got a genetically enhanced giant carnivorous worm with tunneling abilities loose on your private island. This species should be left to die.
2: What exactly are we talking
3: about? Freakers. We have 48 hours to stop these things. Hey, let's go, Ram boy. Burt Gummer is a freaking legend. Let's go. Count me in. She's calling the weakest from the herd first. Crap, that means I'm next.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So we've been uh, waiting for this uh, sequel for quite some time now uh wh- mm-hmm. when was the last one cold day in hell or what was it Co- that was what it was called right cold day in hell it was in the before Gosh. time 2017 yeah maybe? it was
2: like two years ago right yeah
0: yeah, yeah something like that
2: well yeah. yes yeah it was already out <laughs> when we recorded it's not like we recorded it right when i came out.
1: I, I was gonna make a cold day in hell joke and then i pulled up <laughs> uh, I, only, I just buzzed the tower
0: but uh yeah, you know, we're, we're always excited when a franchise that we have covered comes out with a new sequel, and here we are uh, talking about it this week. Um, Tremor 7! That's right, Tremor 7, and it's called Shrieker Island, so you know what yeah. that means? There's Shriekers, you guys! <laughs>
1: They're
0: that's, back! It's not a They're spoiler, back. it's in the title.
1: <laughs>
0: that's true, that's true. And um, um, we haven't seen Shriekers for what, like, since the third one? They haven't been a main focus for uh, for quite some
2: time. Well, the shriekers primarily appeared in the second one. Mm-hmm. And then I think there was some kind of thing with the ownership of the design. so they didn't really appear in three or five and six yeah um, other than in like diagrams and like mm-hmm. uh, explanations. Um, It's been all ass blasters and graboids. Yeah, (laughs) so ass blasters, graboids, and um, whatever the larva was called. I can't even remember. Um, So, yeah, uh, this is a new design, but they're still shriekers in the life cycle. Well, and it's
1: a new design because we have a uh, Michael Crichton infused Tremor story here, yes. because there is a biotech firm that is uh, genetically modifying and restoring graboids for prize hunting, uh, trophy hunting on a remote tropical island, which you guys, I love biotech islands. This is <laughs> I was excited about it uh, for Cabin Fever. I'm excited about it for this movie. This movie lands the
0: uh, biotech island way better than Cabin Fever. I know, years. I also
2: thought that specifically during the movie. I was like, <laughs> God, this movie is so much better than Cabin Fever <laughs> 3.
0: a. I think it does a great job. It, it, it has a very, like, Lost World feel, like, right mm-hmm. at the start. And then uh, it does a good job of hitting some of these beats that you expect to maybe see or have seen in uh, Jurassic Park films. Uh, yeah,
2: and it didn't feel ashamed or like a rip off. It was really more of an homage like and they 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 don't even bother to try to be like, oh, it's not Jurassic Park. They have a guy in a porta potty getting killed. Yep. You know, it's a reference to Jurassic Park. Exactly. I, yeah,
1: I was just I was going to mention that. And I was like, it's not a spoiler because it's not a main character. It's some guy and it's yeah. he's, he's in the porta potty and he actually gets sucked down into the toilet <laughs> in a way that I thought was a really fun variation on it. Uh, it was it was a ton of fun. Yeah.
0: yeah. We get a little bit of Jurassic Park. We get a little bit of Predator. We get a little bit of uh a whole lot of tremors, basically. <laughs> you get, a little, yeah. bit of, you
1: get a, little, a little bit of Robinson Crusoe. you yeah, get some yeah. castaway in there. Let's talk about our most dangerous game. Here. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's mm-hmm. talk about uh what we find up front. We see our our uh cadre of Silicon Valley douchebag hunters. Yes. Uh, <laughs> led by the fantastic Oh, I'm blanking on the actor's. Richard Brake. Uh, Richard Brake uh, is is super skeezy and awesome in this movie. He's styled
2: to look exactly like Richard Branson.
1: Yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Well, no, it's like if Richard Branson spent too much time with Nick Cage uh, is is his exact look. Um, And then we have uh, he's on the one side of the island and there is a separate island with a bunch of wildlife researchers that are also part of his biotech company.
0: Yeah, we've got uh, Carolyn Langrish as Jazz and John Heater as Jimmy.
1: Napoleon
2: Dynamite. Yeah. So Holy. exciting. And, you know, it, it was I don't think I've ever seen him in another movie other than that Blades of Glory or whatever. Oh, so yeah. I was like, OK, warmers.
0: Like, He's been in some good stuff. Yeah,
2: I haven't seen them. Uh, so I was just like, OK, like it's just his personality. It wasn't just like Napoleon Dynamite because he still has some like the same vibes. He doesn't like come right out and curse like openly and i love how he kept referencing movies but of course never jurassic park because they're not quite going to tell you if uh, if jurassic park exists in this universe or not but he mentions what like rambo predator Mm -hmm. um there were other ones too uh but evil dead yeah oh yeah evil dead
1: yeah he's doing he's doing the spider-man bit uh of just like hey remember that old movie (laughs)
0: Yeah, I I love.
1: I love that he was like
0: he was like a a Tremors fan dropped into the movie. (laughs) Yeah, yes,
2: he was
1: was really great. I I enjoyed him in this movie, and he was as a self-professed you know, Napoleon dynamite, a uh, uh, super fan. Do you think yes. that it's possible that his experience with Tina allowed Napoleon to mature into this character? Uh, and, and you, this is actually a sequel to Napoleon dynamite. Is Napoleon. I
2: yeah, I mean, you read my mind because I was going to say that. So Napoleon's experiences helping to take care of Tina and his, Always he always had an interest in hybrid wildlife like right. the liger and <laughs> um you know like drawing animals and, and uh closeness with nature. Uh so you know <laughs> I, I I do think uh that headcanon you could think of this as a sequel. I you heard it. it here
1: first. Sequel <laughs> rights, Napoleon Dynamite 2, Tremor, Shrieker Island. I love it. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. <laughs> I,
0: I, thought he, uh, I thought he was really great. Like, you know, I was worried that he might be like too sticky or something. But mm-hmm. uh, I felt like he really added a lot to the comedic side of the film. And it was not over the top. He just felt like he had more of like an uh, he did. A, I think he does a really great job with just feeling like that every man like, oh, man, this is like maybe how I would react or, you know, how like a normal person would maybe react in these situations.
2: Well, and I think it the tone is set by him very early on in the movie because, you know, last couple films, Bert and Jamie Kennedy. Travis, Travis Travis. is his name. (laughs) Bert and Travis are traveling to different places where they do not know the people at all. So, yeah, it's sad when someone dies, but it's kind of like, okay, well, I didn't really know that guy. Yeah. Um, John Heater sets the tone really, really early on because one member of their team is killed uh, by Shriekers or maybe the Graboid. I couldn't really tell which one. But anyway, the guy dies and John Heater is a very, very affected and upset by this. You could tell that he's like really crying. He like goes to, um, t- to Bert when they find him and is like, you know, appealing to him because of this friend of his that died. And it's definitely like right off the bat, tells you that this is going to be more serious and more character than, you know, than we've seen in a while.
1: And I think it's uh, something that's. <sighs> I was thinking about this after uh, talking with Michael Gross this morning of, you know, the other movies kind of rely on the relationship between Bert and Travis being this, you know, long lost son and this father son dynamic. That's that's kind of happening. And in this movie, you know, there's no justification really given for John Heater's character to be. uh the one pairing up with him and stepping up to the plate. But I think that it's, it's really, they have this shared unspoken uh, need to stand up for, for their, their neighbors and their, their fellow uh, man. And so it's, they're both reluctant to do so in their, in their own ways. Bert's, you know, has all the bravado and machismo uh, to take things on. And John Heater's character is not somebody who you would, who would get in a fist fight. Uh, but they both cannot stand by while letting them wh- while letting their neighbors kind of be in harm's way. And mm-hmm. so it made for a lot more interesting dynamic than the kind of inherent bickering that came from the relationship of the other two movies.
2: Well, yeah. and I think too, I mean, John Heater is obviously top build on this next to Michael Gross and the cover shows the two of them, but I think that's more really a marketing thing and just what you've come to expect because it's always Bert and, some other guy for the last like six or, you know, five movies or so. <laughs> and it just um, I think that's really kind of like a bait and switch because it's really like more of an ensemble. Like, I don't think that John Heater is really in it much more than uh, Catherine Langersham or Jackie Cruz from Orange is the New Black, who also is a really, really cool character that you get to see a lot of. And so it really is almost just like Bert still on his own, joining an existing team rather than this buddy thing that we've had.
1: Yeah, the ensemble of this is really, really strong. I really liked Jazz's character, uh, Catherine Langersham. Yeah, let's talk about her. Yeah, she is uh, Travis's mom. Uh, it's uh, actually sorry. It's Caroline Langish Langrish. Oh, oh sorry, Caroline. Nah, Caroline,
2: yeah. my bad. That's OK. Uh,
1: and and so as soon as she realizes what her boss has done, uh, she tells John Heater that he needs to go find Bert Gummer. I, I actually thought that there was an amazing scene that I want to call out where she's talking to uh, the head of this biotech company Bill. that we Bill that we described as uh, Richard Branson, Nicholas Cage, Um <laughs> And, you know, she, he said, like, oh, I thought we were friends. And she's like, no, you have to shut this hunt down. And he goes full Quint. And he's like, I've destroyed the radio. Like we have to like I, this hunt is the only thing that matters to me. <laughs> and uh, he pulls out this. He's like, this is $50,000 whiskey and I'm offering it to you and I'm offering it to you again. And that, that's how that's what I classify as friendship. And she kind of pulls this surprising power move of just chugging the whiskey and just saying it's just whiskey to me and walking away from him and I thought it was I thought it worked really well I, I really like that scene
2: and it's even better than if she had poured it out or thrown right. it in his face
1: absolutely which is I, I I expected I it was an unexpected twist in the movie where for that scene to be that well written yeah Uh. well I,
0: I'd be interested to hear what uh what you think about the female characters Elis but I feel like I don't recall from the last few films that any of them really stood out to me or were particularly strong. But I I thought that, you know, the three main uh, female characters we get in this movie are pretty strong and all get moments to really lead the action or lead the team in some way. Uh, And I thought that uh, that was pretty great for this movie. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was super happy to um, see that Jazz was a, like, as soon as I saw her on screen, I was like, a beautiful age-appropriate lady for Bert. (laughs) i was so excited! Because, you know, so (laughs) many movies and TV would have gone with some young thing, you know? I don't think Michael Gross would have let that happen now that I've talked to him. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I I was pleased to meet her, and um, we didn't hear much about her before travis said she was a hippie and i think it was at some weird concert or something that they hooked up right well
1: she she does have a grateful dead tattoo on her arm
2: okay and (laughs) so she um she kind of explains you know i didn't i didn't want to put you in this position i didn't know what i was doing i was young and now she's a super successful bio scientist person so uh, it was really good and there's no like outright romance in this um, it's kind of the struggle of her trying to get Bert to come back into society and the rest of the world, because uh, we have not talked about this yet, but he is living uh, Robinson Crusoe style cast away uh, on a little tiny island in Papua New Guinea.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other, the other, uh, you know, casting, we talked about him a little bit that I really loved was, was Richard Brake. Uh I thought yes. his character bill was so fun and I enjoyed the fact that we had uh, what I felt was like a somewhat worthy adversary for Bert that was not uh, a monster, you know. <laughs> like I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of these movies, we haven't had like a very strong non graboid like enemy that that Bert is going up against. Yeah, uh, and I kind of liked you know the chewing of the scenery that Richard Brake is doing, and and there's some there's some great moments that we can maybe get into in spoilers, but.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, we've had the, the the tax man or the government G agents, you know, yeah. coming after him, but like the this is the right av- adversary for him. It's like the Craven the Hunter yeah. type, you know, <laughs> wild. Like it was say a, a a cross between Craven and Batman is basically what Richard Brake's character is happening, doing a lot of composites of his character. Well, and
2: he he and his company have done like probably the worst thing that Bert could imagine because yes. Bert has spent his life hunting graboids and protecting people from them. Mm-hmm. And this guy created graboids unnecessarily where there were none. Yep. So it's, it's yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep.
2: Um,
0: what else can we talk about before we get into spoilers here? We could talk, uh, the amazing location, uh, this movie shot in Thailand. Um, and you heard Michael Gross talk a bit about, um, what it was like being there. And yeah, I, I think I mentioned it in the interview, but I think it just adds so much to this movie Mm -hmm. and it's not, you know, like the last one, what it was shot in South Africa,
2: pretending to be for the Arctic (laughs) Arctic. I thought it was going to (laughs) be South Africa for tropics until they got to a certain scene. And then I was like, no, they're really there. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I was really excited. Like that first I mean, time they show the camp. Yeah, <laughs> you're
1: like oh. this movie uses like it's one of those movies that if drone photography hadn't become cheap recently, it would be a completely different movie. They were able to get all of these vistas, all of these yeah. beautiful moving tracking shots through the jungle uh, that are are just gorgeous uh, and really take full advantage of this location. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, we, we were talking about all the starring characters. There's a lot of great supporting cast that are, you know, they don't have a ton of lines, but it's a wildly diverse uh, crew uh, at Jazz's, you know, research facility. There's uh, there's it's populated with a lot of rich, interesting characters where we've in the uh, I can't remember. Was it five or six in Africa? Uh, five, five. I mean, five. Five, yeah. five, you know, they, they, they had the wildlife refuge. There was other stuff happening there, but I, I think that it took the best parts of that and kind of infused it with this uh, research camp on, on
2: the Island. Yeah. Yeah. And no little kids really to protect. Uh, we're all adults and, mm-hmm. um, I, uh, no guns.
1: Because they're a research team, like they don't have uh, Bert doesn't have his arsenal, so they end up using a bunch of old World War II uh, machetes with Pennsylvania steel and uh, flame units, as they call them.
2: Uh, and I thought I really liked it. I thought it was yeah. really fun. That's just a great idea to be yeah. like, okay, you've got nothing. I mean, that was sort of why one of the reasons that Four Tremors Four was so interesting, mm-hmm. and why you know. Back to the Future is so interesting because you go like almost into another era or to another place where you don't have any of your stuff, but you still have to come up with the same result. It
1: was one of the it kind of made me realize the comedy of the character. It's something that Michael Gross pointed out today Mm -hmm. uh, in the interview where he's just like Bert's, you know, he, he always preps for something, but he always has the wrong stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised he didn't say that he was denied critical need-to-know information. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, oh, man.
0: He's
2: like, you have no guns? That would have been some critical need-to-know information. (laughs) I really did think he was going to say, you broke into the wrong damn World War II bunker. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) That would have been glorious.
2: But this movie, um, you know, there's some fan service, but it's also not overly concerned with that uh, so it's nice. Yeah, it, feels... it does a
1: better job than a lot of big budget movies fan mm-hmm. service, yeah. <laughs> and it feels... I won't name names <laughs> <You> Totally. <laughs> the dead speak Oh god, yeah Dude, Everyone knew you, what you were talking about
0: Jeez.
2: I don't play Fortnite so I have no idea what you mean
0: <laughs> Yeah, what I do you feel mean, <laughs> I feel like this movie uh, does do a lot uh, to show us something new uh, new locale, uh, new, you know, uh, attacks by the Shriekers and stuff that they can do. And uh, I wanted to credit, uh, you know, the director, Don Michael Paul, who's now directed the these three of the newer ones. And he does this one as well um, with like really, really giving a lot of strong direction. And I feel like the action. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we see in this movie and like the effects and stuff is like really strong, uh, compared to some of the more recent ones where I was like, oh, maybe there's that one scene that was cool. There's a lot of great, like slow motion and, and cool. Like the shriekers look amazing in this movie. I I don't know what yeah. you guys thought about the CG and everything, but. Oh I, no, this, this I, movie I looks
1: strong. great. This movie, this movie does not look like, uh. Uh, a director. it doesn't look like anything that it looks theatrical. This yeah. movie is yeah. is it's the location. It's it's amazing. VFX effects work. And it's like you said, it's great direction. They picked great set pieces and found action that works uh, for these characters and every character. I think that the reason that we don't remember, you know, as many of the supporting cast in the previous movies is because some of the set pieces uh, maybe didn't live up or didn't have so many action moments, but everybody here has something to do.
2: So I do want to talk about the location in this way, too, because uh, I also they also put out a Making Perfection 30-minute documentary that you can watch on YouTube, and then I think it's also going to be on the DVD as a special feature, but they were all saying how revolutionary it was to have a monster movie out in the desert scary during the day. Mm-hmm. And yes, that was super revolutionary, but now we have seen that six times, including uh, <laughs> (laughs) including including the Arctic, which was also during the day because it was actually a desert in South Africa. (laughs) So the fact that we're in a completely different setting, while more similar to other franchises and other movies, it is very different for tremors because we have not really seen shriekers and graboids in the dark, in water, in trees. Um, And so while, yeah, okay. We saw all that stuff in Jurassic park. We haven't seen it with graboids and with these characters and how they're going to, uh, how they've evolved and been genetically modified and all that. So it was really interesting and different for tremors.
0: Yeah. And I, I don't want to go too far into it, but I do. I really loved that. The shriekers actually get to live up to their name in this movie.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: In a, in a, in a fun way. Um, well, yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to say before we move into spoilers? Cause I think we, we gotta,
2: we gotta get into it. I, I really liked Jackie Cruz's character, Freddie, as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. She was great.
1: She was. Yeah, kind of- I liked uh, she had a great uh, monologue uh, telling John Heater that, you know, basically he's like, I, I'm not a, I, I'm not a badass. I can't do this. And mm-hmm. uh, he says, I, you know, I'm just a kid from the suburbs raised by a single mom. And she's just like, single moms are badass.
2: <laughs> yeah, she she builds him up when she needs to without that being her only purpose.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Like she, she exists on her own and uh, I think everything was really well written, really well directed. And uh, I liked every character in this movie. Yeah. It's a great time. All right. Well, if you guys have made it this
0: far, we're about to dive into spoilers, major spoilers. So do not if you major. Have, yes. If you, we're not fucking around here. Okay. Like if you, if you haven't watched the movie, go watch it. Uh, enjoy the movie before you come back and listen to these spoiler section it's starting right now all right here we are in spoilers you guys wow okay so uh at what moment in the movie did you start to suspect that something might happen to Bert uh in this movie because for me I started getting that vibe like before it became really obvious
1: yes no I did too I did
0: really? too.
2: really oh then I'm just a dummy because I like I think all the way until they cut Flash forward to the funeral on a different day, <laughs> I still was like, oh, he's gonna pop out. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you
1: know, I think I think what it is, I think the, the thing that thing that foreshadowed it and really makes it work is um that that his interactions with jazz or jasmine, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh a lot of her shots land. Yeah. Like, like that, like he's kind of like he's so entrenched and he's such a pillar of I'm Bert Gummer and I will always be Bert Gummer and like the their interactions so much of it is just like fuck she's right (laughs) like yeah and I I think that 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 made it seem like okay well I I have to do this
0: like towards the end when they're like building up to this final confrontation which is an amazing uh callback to the to the first film um I started to really get a feeling that like oh man like I feel like Michael Gross is really like acting with a lot of gravitas in these moments and then the the way he like there's that part where he kneels down and talks to the ground and he's like you're waiting for me aren't you like i was kind of like oh man i was like oh man is this is this a send off movie is this a send off movie <laughs> and then like right after that there's that insane like slow motion shot of him walking and like you know, just basically the taunting, village exploding. Yeah. Taunting the, the mother grad, like the huge graboid he gets and stuff on a is- horse and rides off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just was like, wow, they're really, they're really like milking this. And, and then, uh, you know, I started, I started getting that feeling like, wow. Okay. I, I wonder what's going to happen here. Um, and then, yeah, once we, we have that amazing moment at the end where he jumps, he like John heater and him are running to, you know, drive the graboid off the cliff and, and he pushes John Heater out of the way, does this amazing slow-mo jump where he flips off
2: <laughs> the graboid? <boy laughs> yeah, that
0: was good. And then gets eaten. And then uh yeah, the you know, the the plan goes off with a hitch. The graboid goes out, they blow it up and everything. And then I mean um, they blow it
2: up a lot. Yes. yes. Like it, it was um we I I don't know, I referenced this too much. It was almost an arts like situation. <laughs> yeah. They use all the dynamite and then the pink orangey goo is just everywhere raining and so i'm just kind of like okay if he survived like he must have not been eaten i don't know also like
0: (laughs) (laughs) i was i thought it was really funny because after the fact after the fact, when you realize that he's dead, I was like, "Oh shit!" So they probably definitely blew him up. Yeah, and there's and there and like that scene is like them reveling in the guts, like
2: yeah, and he's in there and they didn't <laughs> exactly. know, right. it's, so yeah. it's so messed up. It's so messed up. They get artsed on them, but it's but it's Burt Gummer instead of arts. Um, yeah, it it's definitely. Well, and because we know that Bert can survive being eaten by a grab boy but, yep. and cut himself out. So if they had not bl- had all the explosives, there's a chance he <laughs> could have survived. So they killed him? Uh, that's no, a, I'm, yeah. just I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what I
0: landed on a little bit. I was like, oh, well, he was probably in there, but then they blew it up, too. I didn't know... Uh, they were going to blow I'm it up. I'm wondering
2: if this is going to become among fans like a Leonardo. Oh, sorry, Tyler. Like a Leonardo DiCaprio Titanic situation. Oh, yes. No, like, I, yes. I knew the,
1: to... the piece of wood is big enough. I yeah. know. <laughs> like, did,
2: did he really need to push John Heater out of the way and stay in the Graboid's path for that long? Couldn't they? Oh, have I didn't both realize John Heater was
1: on in Titanic. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but yeah, could they have both jumped? Was there another way to do this? You know, was this really necessary? Um, but that's what happens.
1: No, it totally was like, it was, it was the, he, he, he said throughout the entire movie that it was picking off the, 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 this, this mega graboid was so smart that it was picking off the weakest competition. It was always coming for him. That was the only goal that it had. And, uh, yeah, he, 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 he went and faced it. Yeah.
0: And, uh, man, I honestly, (laughs) you know, I didn't, uh, I did not think that these movies had had it in them to make me tear up and get get emotional and like sad at a moment. But like, I thought that, you know, the the fact that this moment when, um, you know, everyone celebrates, uh, John heater gets up and he's trying to recover and then they start looking for Bert. And then this kind of like looking for Bert scene goes on for so long that, um, I thought it was actually really effective because my mind kept going from like, oh, uh, no, he's going to just show up. They're going to find yeah, him. he's fine. Yeah, and then it fine. kept going. And I was like, oh, no, uh, he's definitely dead. Oh, my God. I'm like starting to tear up. And I'm like, oh, now it's going longer. No, he's definitely going to show up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I just kept like vacillating back and forth. Uh, and uh, I found it incredibly powerful. And then, yeah, it just and then you know, they
2: cut forward to another day. Yeah, They're doing a
0: little ceremony. You, you know, it's another day because John Heater has a different Hawaiian shirt on.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, everyone did such a good job in these two scenes with like actually crying, like even the the nameless side researchers are crying. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's just like, wow. OK, it was very
0: emotional. And it's like, you know, it, it's like what uh, Elis, you know, you're talking about how I. I uh, you get attached to these characters over a long period mm-hmm. of time. That might actually be in an episode coming later. But, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, uh, that's kind of how I felt, you know, you know, we, we've been watching these movies and I was never like, oh, yeah, Trevor's movies. There's no way I'm going to ever cry during a Trevor's movie. <laughs> but here we are. I think I was just
2: so shocked that they were actually doing it that yeah. I actually didn't cry for a Oh, wow. Last.
0: Okay. I, I felt very like, intense. I was like, oh
1: I think they, they did it in the most tremors way possible, right? Because like the moment where it's dawning on you is the moment where like everybody's kind of reveling in all the goop falling on top of them and, yeah. <laughs> and like the monster movie and and uh, you know, I, I think that you know, Michael Gross mentioned that, that these movies are are uh, family friendly in their own way. Like mm-hmm. they have their, their own tenets, their own rhythms and, and everything else like that. And I, I thought that it was a really wonderful punctuation on Bert Gummer's kind of arc and him being like, okay, well I have to like, I, I had to protect these people. We, they, we didn't really get into that. There's, you know, 800 indigenous people mm-hmm. on this Island and there's everything else. And, and also I thought that the moment leading up to it made it even more powerful with John heater being there with him and him shoving him out of the way yeah. where John heater didn't have to be there. Like he just like, I can't let this guy do it by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and and his response to that is I can't let you put yourself at risk, you know, and I, I I can I can handle this. Um and so you have the super camp funness of tremors where there's orange blood flying in everybody <laughs> and it's getting in people's mouths and <laughs> you know, everything else. And and they are reveling it's like we killed the monster, yeah, we did it, you know, everything, yeah. Uh but you know, it comes at a price, uh, and and all of that is uh, is just executed so well in this, and and then brought home by this end credit sequence. Oh man,
0: yeah. Oh,
2: okay, yeah. I mean, <gasps> so they do kind of a montage of uh, Bert's moments, and uh, even Hiram is in there too, yeah. uh, and then they kind of end with him putting on his hat five different times yeah uh, yeah that's how
0: he
1: saddles up that's how he rides off into the sunset
0: and they they have that uh you know earlier in the movie they had mentioned like there's even a Burt Gummer day and then they have that little title card that comes up like celebrate Burt Gummer day
2: April 14th April 14th yeah Yeah. and then don't forget to do your taxes the next day
0: (laughs) 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 I thought that was that was perfect I mean yeah I uh I think it was very unexpected uh you know um Especially since, uh, you know, these are, I feel like Tremors is one of those quintessential, like, those movies are going to go on forever. And now it's, and now, uh, you know, the the guy who has been in it for forever isn't in it anymore. Uh, So, I don't know. We'll see what happens.
2: So, yeah, I mean, who cares what we think about the ending? Uh, I know you want to hear it from the man himself. However, Mm -hmm. Justin, did you want to say something about the shriekers and spoilers? Oh, that they shriek for real now?
0: Oh, yes, I did just want... I just thought that was really cool that, like, these, you know, they had genetically modified the Graboids. Now, when the Shriekers uh, come out of it, uh, the Shriekers are also modified, and they, yeah, do this really loud shrieking thing, and there's this whole, you know, sequence with it where everyone's like, ah,
2: my ears. Yeah, their shrieking is now so loud that it will disable... Yeah, Yeah, it's weaponized, which is... Sonic weapons are real. Yeah, Yeah.
0: before it was just annoying. Yep. Yeah, they didn't really... They didn't actually do anything except have the, the, you know, the um, predator vision, but that was all I really wanted to
2: say. Um, Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's hear about the ending and spoiler questions from Michael gross. So, you know, how did this (laughs) idea for Bert to finally die come along? Was it something that came from you or more from the script and how did you find out and react?
3: Um, Early on, as we were devising the script, uh, I think the I think the idea came from the director, Don Michael Paul, while we were still in early drafts, and said, "How would you feel if that happened?" I said, hmm. my first impulse, being just a paranoid actor, was like, "Oh, they're tired of this. They want to <laughs> they're finished with they're finished with this they're finished with this, and they're finished with me. Uh, <laughs> they're looking for a younger bird. <laughs> so awesome. I said, I said, I have to think about it a little bit. And I did. And I I certainly saw the dramatic possibilities in it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of horrifying. They just, oh my God, this can't be. Um, that it was a gut punch in some ways, emotionally. And that sometimes makes for a very good story. Mm-hmm. Uh, losing, losing a hero. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, we entertained the thought. The movie was not written that way. The movie was written with Bert surviving. And at the very last minute, a alternative ending was shot. We shot this two ways. We shot this with Bert not surviving. We shot it with him surviving. Mm. Uh, The only difference being during the quote unquote memorial service uh, of these people, Bert climbs up over the, over the cliff, bloodied (laughs) and beaten and you know, half destroyed and looks at them and says, Jesus, I'm not dead yet. You know? And is really like pissed off at them for even assuming a man like him could <laughs> die. And, uh, and then he has an end moment with, with Carolyn Langrish, uh, you know, where she's like, you know, she, you know, well, would you do this or would you do that? Or, you know, and he's like, I don't know, I'll see about it or something like that. You know, where you the door was sort of open. Mm-hmm. So it was only in editing in the editing process after they'd shot it both ways that they came to me and said, Michael, we've just looked at this. And we think it's best if he doesn't survive. We think it's really powerful. What do you think? And I said, look, I thought this franchise was over after the fourth one. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that we've got five, five, we've got seven of them is fine. I'm fine if you want to end it here. But let's think about leaving the door slightly open. And I will simply tell you that we never see a corpse we never see remains. We have a kind of memorial for Bert there. They put up a cross. Uh, they uh, uh, Has he, in fact, been buried under a pile of rubble? Is he in a coma somewhere? Has he been knocked unconscious, woken up, and in, in a daze simply walked away? We don't see a corpse. We don't see Bert's remains. So... The door is, I tell you, slightly open for the fact that he could have survived and they just all assume, well, he's not back. So he's dead. Nobody survives this sort of thing. Remember, he has been eaten before. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's true. And survived. And so. Uh, so I, so we've left the door open now. So I, I comically suggested to them, I said. If we do an eighth one. And I said, I don't know how any, uh, if you're ready or I'm ready or, you know, but if we do an eighth, I suggest we open up on Bert in a full body cast (laughs) in a hospital, having been in a coma for two years (laughs) and, and everybody says, and nobody knows how to wake him. Nobody has, you know, he's, he's responded to nothing. And finally says, wait, I know how to wake him. I go up to his ear and go, grab boy. (laughs) and Bert, Bert wakes up he's like where am I (laughs) and uh, so I don't know I don't know and but 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 that he has been severely injured and uh, and uh, and maybe in a coma for two years and uh, maybe he fights Tremors 8 from a from a weaponized wheelchair, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yes. I said that we, we you know, and that you roll down a ramp, and the, down comes his wheel, wheelchair, and Bert, Bert, Bert is in it in a in a body cast, but a full on helmet, and there, and it's tricked out with it's tricked out with rocket launchers on the side of the wheelchair, and all he's doing is pressing and a machine gun and all this sort of crap, you know, he's got a totally tricked out wheelchair. So I don't know that's my, that's my idea for what could happen in eight. Okay.
2: So all that being said and conspiracy theories about where he might be aside, there's also a possibility that he actually really did perish, right? There,
3: there is a possibility. And, uh, that depends on a couple of things. How much you, how much my health one or two years from now, I'm 73 years of age now, mm-hmm. my health, a few years from now, when they say let's do another one, I'd probably be 75. Um, uh, their intention of doing another one. Yeah. You know, in some ways I felt even the suggestion meant that universal was like getting a little tired of the. Yes, you know, said, ah, okay, we've done enough. I'm okay with that. But the other thing I have to think about is sequels business is, 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 is driven by sales. If this is this crazy, overwhelming success, they're going to, I'm going to get that phone call as I did every last time saying, I think we're going to do another one. It was yeah. so successful that we have to we 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 gotta do this. Uh we there's money to be made. Show business is as you probably get five percent show, 95%, maybe more, 95% business. So um uh sequels are driven by sales. Yeah, that's simple.
2: Okay. So knowing that uh, there is a possibility that 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 was the end for Bert was filming, though, that kind of part uh, emotional for you? Were you are you going to like miss him? Did you get sad?
3: I would certainly miss him. It was was not emotional for me because, of course, we shot it both ways and I just assumed I was going to (laughs) live. And uh, so I didn't think about it much. and. uh, uh actually i kind of like the fact that they shot a memorial scene because i got a, i got an afternoon off <laughs> <laughs> like oh i don't have to work all right i have to go sit by this sit by the swimming pool and, and nurse my aching shoulder yeah
2: and
1: rest
3: the shoulder uh, yeah so um so i didn't feel emotional at the time uh sometimes these things don't hit me it probably won't hit me until i see it and go oh my god is this really over is this really over having said that i think we did as Burke Gummer would say, did the best we can with what we got. You know, uh, we, I, it was an interesting time reinventing it. Uh, look, there are people out there who are never going to like anything but the first one.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And they're going to people who are going to quibble with every other tremors they ever see. And I get it. It was a magnificent film and very, very special. And, and uh, will we ever live up to it? I don't know. We've reinvented it in some ways, particularly after the 13 year hiatus. Mm-hmm. So I think Don, Michael, Paul, and the current, con- Producers have done as did the best they could with what they got. Uh, budgets are shrink, shrinking. You know, I I would have liked to seen this. I every time I would have liked to seen it go theatrical because I just think there's already a built-in audience. Mm-hmm. But they they don't want to spend the money. That's why you won't even see us at a drive-in movie. I asked, I said, this is COVID time. Why not a drive-in? Yeah. And they they've thought about that and they said it would cost us another two million dollars for some double like this that. that to get it in drive-ins and they don't want to spend the money so um you know so much of it is, as i say five percent show 95 percent business mm-hmm. so that's why it's coming out on video you won't you'll probably never see it theatrically it's it's all about the bottom line
1: it's a perfect drive-in movie having <laughs> watching it uh, having, we got we just and i were at the drive-in uh last week and yeah oh, this is i was thinking uh, as yeah. we we're watching it it's be perfect drive-in movie yeah yeah, sure. yeah.
3: so uh that ain't gonna happen. I believe yeah. me. I've, I've explored that. I've tried to push them. It's like you you realize because of unions or this or that, how mm-hmm. much yep. it's going to cost us if it if it's aired theatrically like that. And I like, okay, whatever. <laughs> uh,
2: so another possibility, I guess, uh, with all the technology that there is today, or with. You know, the Tremors franchise story that's been set forth, if Bert in this movie again really has perished, would you ever be interested in doing something like another prequel or something that takes place before this, or even oh. a sequel of Hiram from number four? Yeah. Or <laughs> like that?
3: Somebody said to me, Would you play Bert Gummer's father in the forties or fifties? You know, oh would you, you know, would you play Bert's dad? And I said yeah, that sounds kind of interesting. <laughs> because I, I mean, I love period pieces. And to be mm-hmm. honest with you, after the first one, of the, fir- of the first four we did, after the first one, the fourth was my favorite because yeah. um, yeah. I just love the arc that Hiram mm-hmm. took in that piece. Uh, first of all, I love period pieces. Uh, I watch a lot of PBS and the great British dramas. And uh, there's a great thing I'm watch- watching right now, a World War II piece on uh, Amazon Prime called uh, A French Village which is about, uh, the village in Vichy, French, which is, uh, occupied by the Germans and about the lives of all these people. And it's like, I'm in my fourth or fifth season of this thing. It was produced in France, English subtitles. The acting is extraordinary. And it's a great period piece. And who doesn't love a movie with Nazis, right? But yeah. so anyway, <laughs> um, the perfect villain, you know, next to, yeah. next to pre-Cambrian life forms. The Nazis <laughs> come to the books. So, um, so I, uh, I loved I loved the you know, opportunity to do a period piece. How do people dress? How do people eat? How do people express themselves? How do people get from one place to another? You know, I got to ride a horse and drive a buckboard, and you know all that sort of neat stuff, and 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 fire a gatling gun. Yes. <laughs> um, and I loved the arc of that. That character for me was the most interesting of the characters I played in all of the first four because Bert was always Bert, and he was yeah. basically not going to go through any great changes. But um, but Hiram had to go from this terribly snobbish East Coast, looking down his nose at everybody there. It's like you people stink. I don't want to be here. I bought I inherited a mine, a silver mine. It's not producing. All I want to do is get this mine producing. And then I'm, I'm out of here and back to Philadelphia and civilization as fast as I can. And by the end, you find he has embraced these people he didn't care for. He's actually kind of fallen for this woman who, who owns the hotel. Uh, he, he comes to know them and comes to, comes to like that little Chinese boy yeah. too. You know? And he, he forms a relationship with that boy. And so Hiram is a little like Bert in like, I, I, I don't need to get too close to you people in particular. And then he begins to embrace them. So I love the arc of that character where he began And where he ended and that is fun for an actor just that progress through a piece Bert for all I love him has did not change much in one two and three uh he is Bert the monster hunter and so that's why in some ways in five six and seven we try to take him on an emotional journey as well uh because I find that far more interesting than than hunting monsters actually you know the fight dealing with your inner monsters as well as the outer the outward monsters you know I'm so
1: happy we got to talk about Hiram because I, I, I agree it is my uh, favorite second only to the first. And uh, speaking of the first, uh, I was curious if it was important for you to kind of bring the story back full circle uh, at the end of taking how Bert takes out this mega graboid in the same way that Val and Earl did in the first one.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, I never thought about that. That that's absolutely yeah, absolutely right. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, it, we've tried to have little homages to the first yeah uh, over over in, in you know in 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 all of the films in, in in some 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 little just some little reference to it uh because that that's what started us off and uh we we'll, we can never repeat the first one but we want to remember it uh fondly as we do as as all mm-hmm. of us do um i don't know if you've seen you probably haven't gotten the dvd yet but there's some wonderful extras i must say uh, they do a little history of all the monsters. They do 30 of the greatest moments from all seven films. <laughs> nice. Wow. Uh, is some of the extras. And I could just tell you how thrilled I was. They did. I I knew they were going to do a little homage to Bert over 30 years. Because when I went to Thailand, they did an interview with me. What was it like to play Bert for all this? You know, all that sort of sit, sit, sit down interview. And I think I still had the full beard. <laughs> and they, because it was before I went to Thailand and they got a, I got out of the limousine at, at, at Los Angeles international airport. And there was a, there were some, they had set a film crew to get me walking through the ticket line with my bags packed from, for Thailand and going up the escalator and waving goodbye to the boarding area. And they did one of these whole thing is like, here's Bert's 30 years, going off to Thailand to do seven. But I did not know they had interviewed other characters. So there's Charlotte Stewart mm-hmm. and, um, and Ariana Richards, who played, uh, you know, her daughter and, uh, and, and Jamie Kennedy. And they, you know, by God, they had Kevin Bacon there saying how wonderful it was to work with me in the first one. I was so touched because I had, I'd lost, I've written Kevin a few times, but we've kind of lost touch. He lives in Connecticut. He lives on the East coast. And he's mm-hmm. When he's not doing the good work he does on screen, he's, the, the bacon brothers you know he's busy mm-hmm. doing that so i've kind of lost touch with him but i was very i was very much touched because they had these interviews with various people who said to reminisce about the first one or the, the second and third and just talked about how nice it was to work with me and i went to universal after i saw that and i said can i use this in my memorial service <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it's making me sound like such a nice guy. (laughs) A lot of people will know this isn't really true, but I want to use this for my memorial service. So uh, they said yes, yes, of course. Well, I,
2: I,
1: that cannot be true because you've been so generous with your time with us. And you've been, this has been such a great interview talking with you and, uh, I I don't know if you have any other questions or anything else, but this was just a delight.
2: Yeah. It's, it's such an honor to talk to you. And we, we all, I think we all really liked this film and, and all the work that you've done throughout all the Tremors films. Well,
3: thank you for your enthusiasm and do remind your uh, viewers that I'm running for president. Yes. yes indeed. <laughs> talk about that. We've Both. got the third, the third uh, episode out of eight episodes we've we've done. This is an idea we had at the end of the at the end of shooting, and we went, hey, a number of people have said Burt Gummer for president over the years. years. <laughs> They're like, this is election year. This is a no-brainer. We've got to <laughs> have him run for president from his secret underground compound. He's gonna rule the country from <laughs> from a basement. And never leave. <laughs> yeah, the the
0: sequel rights gang will be amazing. Well, we we will definitely gummertarian for yes. sure. <laughs>
3: Wouldn't it be great if we did an eighth and he actually was president? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's that. That might be that might be the story, right? That's right there. Yeah, Yeah, right. right, right. It couldn't be any worse than what we're currently.
2: You
3: know, we've got other monsters to slay on (laughs) November third. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Y'all take care. Let's just close with vote, everybody. All (laughs) right, everyone vote.
2: (laughs) thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, Michael. Thank you so much.
0: Again, so great to have Michael Gross uh, with us on this episode. Um, I think he uh, was very insightful and uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Tyler. Yeah, I think it's time. We're going to wrap it up. You want you want to do a rating system?
1: Oh man, rating system. Uh, yes. Uh, before we get into that, I I, I want to echo what Justin just said. Just yeah. a real pleasure with talking Michael Gross. Uh, and uh, just a dream interview for for this. And it was <laughs> yeah, uh, so one of my awesome. favorite thing, one of my favorite moments doing this podcast. Um rating system i do believe i i love the nomenclature of not calling it a flame thrower calling it a flame unit and so (laughs) i think that we should go with how many flame units would you give tremor seven shriekers shrieker island
2: i oh gosh uh i'm gonna give it Eight flame units because mm-hmm. I just think it was really good. Like, I, you know, I, we may have been a little bit unkind to Don Michael Paul in the past, but I don't know what he's been doing since those movies because this one was just such uh, an improvement and um, it not just harkens back to the original Tremors movies that we love, but also is good in new ways in its own right. And um, so that was surprising, pleasantly surprising. Uh, and I, yeah, it was just really good.
0: Yeah. Um, I wish I could remember what I had given all the other ones. I should have looked it up beforehand, but uh, I think I'm also going to go really high on this one and give it an eight as well. I think, um, I was going to maybe do seven, Seven, but I'm going to do eight. Um, I, uh, just really surprised by this movie. You know, I think we had heard, uh, a little, we had heard some rumblings before the movie came out that it was really good, but I, it was still kind of like, Oh, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Is it going to be good? Um, and I was just so happy to be pleasantly surprised by this movie. Um, you know, they, they, uh, You know, they only have one chance to pull the the kill Burt Gummer pin, and I think they did it in such a great way. Uh, It really gives him a great send-off. He has, like, you know, a super badass death that I think fans are going to be talking about for a long time. Um, And it's really a showcase, uh, again, for Michael Gross. uh, This film, I think he gets to do a lot. Um, And, yeah, I just... There's a lot to love about this movie. Um, You know, who doesn't want to see a bunch of... uh, tech bros getting killed by, <laughs> by basically Raptors. Uh, <laughs> that's always fun. You know, uh, you know, it's like, it was like nobody that nobody other than Bert that you like actually died. So <laughs> I thought that was great. Uh, it's just a fun movie. And I think, uh, I think it's going to be a big talking point for Tremors fans. I can't wait to see what, uh, other people think about it. Um, uh, mm-hmm. this week.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to go, I mean, I, th- I'm tempted to go nine, but I think it will go eight <laughs> flame units uh, for this movie. I think that uh, the, as I was thinking about it more today, um, I think that tremors works the best where like the original one was like a fifties monster movie. Right. And like, this is almost like a twenties pulpy jungle thing that was, you know, plays off Jurassic park, which was kind of a play into that. And I feel like just tapping into different classic genres, uh, is just really fun for tremors and is Mm -hmm. just right for this series. And I, uh, You know, Michael Gross talked about that the door is not all the way closed, and I would love to see, you know, you could get into to mummy curse or other things of just like there's (laughs) just really seeing this made me so excited for this series again. I thought all the acting was fantastic. I thought that. There was themes about science and hubris and ego that uh with especially as Burt gummer as the foil were were really fun to explore even in this movie franchise being thirty years old at this point like there was a lot of fresh blood and i i i just uh i i like all of you i was I was very surprised by it, and I had a blast watching it um the so, ne- yeah eight flame units the ne-
2: other than the um you know the possibilities that michael gross kind of mentioned i mean there are other ways they can go forward too uh without him i mean that could be part of the reason that they brought on a bigger name like john heater to be in this movie and maybe not overpower Bert, but be introduced into the franchise i mean he could lead it going forward uh I don't know what happened with Jamie Kennedy and why they chose not to bring him back Uh, for this one. I think ultimately for the story, it was good and it worked. And I like the new character, but maybe they decide to, you know, bring them back together at some point in the future. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, all I got to say is that the next one had better be a full on Halloween zombie Burt Gummer versus undead (laughs) Graboids or I'm out. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I second that motion. <laughs> that, would motion be, carries.
0: that would be my dream one. That would be so yeah. fun. I don't know. Just just a just a full on jokey one. I would love it. Um but yeah, I think uh I think that's gonna bring us to the end of uh Tremors Shrieker Island this week. Again, thank you so much to uh Universal 1440 and Michael Gross for being on this episode. It was so great to talk to him, and we hope you guys really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, let us know what you think and send us an email at sequelrights at gmail.com or talk to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Rights. And thanks
1: everybody for tuning in. Uh, if we have new listeners from, uh, to, that are here to hear what Michael Gross had to say welcome uh, we appreciate you if you like what you heard please rate and review us on Apple podcasts uh, we'd really appreciate it It would help us a lot we don't have any ads here uh, but uh, we rely on our fan base that has been great and uh, welcome to the fold
2: yeah and you can go back and listen to our other tremors episodes or any other I'm sure you've seen some other franchises that we've done at this point yes
0: that's right and Uh, If you're interested in our thoughts on another septuagenarian action film, (laughs) listen next week to our delayed review of of Phantasm Ravager. Uh, It's going to be fun to wrap up that series. Uh, And if you're, yeah, again, if you're a new listener, go back and start from the beginning and you you can hear us talk through it all. We'll see you guys next week for Phantasm Ravager.